Welcome to Crushing It, a podcast with notes of knowledge, hints of hilarity, fun forward, and super cheesy, which always pairs well with wine. That's good. Mm. <laughs> a little bit of class goes a long way. That's all I'm saying. Really pleasurable mouthfeel. On a scale of like prison hooch to a Willamette Valley sunrise, I would rate this a solid seven. Girl knows what she wants. <laughs> they need to put wine in pounders. I'd like to get my hands on that Methuselah. What is that? <laughs> oh, shit about this wine. <laughs> hey, Carly. Hey, Sarah. Uh, this is Crushing It. Crushing It. It's 2021. Uh, We're crushing it. Oh my God, it is 2021. And uh, Willamette Valley wineries are crushing it. If you're following us on our Instagram, you'll see all the cool stuff that they're doing. And they are making this work. Gotta work, work, work. I'm pretty <laughs> sure a female rapper said that one time. Um, yeah. Yeah, you Our, <laughs> our um, Instagram, at crushing it podcast will always show like what we're up to and where we're going and the fun things about the winery that we're visiting and like stuff about our most recent episode. But also we post a lot of just like what's going on at wineries around this area, specifically in the Willamette Valley. Hey, I'm trying to work, 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 work. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Got it. All right. But along those lines, if you are following us on Instagram and all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, why are there giant wombats on here? (laughs) Yep. Uh, That means you missed something. And so you should go back and listen to the episode that you missed. Yeah, definitely the wombats specifically. (laughs) That was an actual quote from my (laughs) sister-in-law. She said, if you don't know what's going on with the wombats, go back and listen. No, or she was oh. like, why are there giant wombats on here? And I was like, oh, oh. you didn't listen to the study session. Busted. Yeah, busted. Listen to the study session. It's so fun. I know that I'm learning a lot. And every place that we go, somebody is teaching us something new. And whether you know some things about wine or you know nothing about wine, you will learn some golden nuggets. By listening to our podcast. So not only are we hilarious, but also our, you know, the experts, they're really smart. Yeah, they're smart. We're super modest. It's great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So as always, if you don't already have one, you need a glass of wine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I you might have a one- cocktail too. Yeah, I needed one today, and then I may have a cocktail. You are great. <laughs> um, but how lucky are we that we get to do this? Like, this is our hobby, and um, we get to meet these amazing people, visit these awesome places, and drink some wine. Yeah, I'm feeling super lucky, super blessed that people are um, accepting us and bringing us into their wineries and, um, telling us these amazing stories. And then, um, 
wineries and folks out there in the wine world are starting to reach out to us. And so if you are listening to this and you are a wine person or you know a wine person and you think that they have just this amazing story that people should hear, reach out to us because we're listening and uh, we're going to be meeting with some really cool people coming up here in the future because of them reaching out. So doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah, we have some cool stuff coming up and the the work from our research assistant, Jeremy, is really paying off. And uh... <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy, that you have to be an unpaid intern, but I do appreciate your help. Um, hey, at least he's not a sandwich artist. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, more good news. Our episode with um, our friend Luke at Abbey Road Farm is so funny. Listening back to it, I was cracking up. So Luke is hilarious. Um, This episode is going to be awesome. So more good news. We're going to Abbey Road Farm and this is a really funny one. Yep. Grab your glass and get ready. Off we go. Off we go. We're at uh, Abbey Road Farms. Hey, we're at the farm. Hey, you're here. <laughs> Cheers. This Cheers. Beautiful view. Beautiful view. We have the farm animals roaming. I wish I could have them closer. Yeah. I definitely went around and tried to find all of them. Yeah. I she, love them. She talked to the pig for a while. <laughs> Which one? The, the black, black one. one. Yeah. Well, we have two black ones. Was it the one down below or the one up over here? Over here. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's RBG. And oh. then RBG Junior Baby RBG so is over that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we have Hamilton, who is the sort of sire of, of the pigs. Yeah. The plan for the pigs is to end up making like our own bacon and stuff here. Oh so we raised turkeys this year and that's like what we all had for Thanksgiving. Ooh. Yeah. This place is that's lucky. Killing turkeys sucks. <laughs> hey, so and here. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, like, it really sucks. Like when when I was like on the like turkey killing day, I was like, Yeah, sure I'll help out. And just the like the sort of like magnitude of taking a life that large, that's that large. Like it's not like a small bird. No, turkeys are big. It was a very large animal. And I was like, it's kind of aggressive. Here's this knife. I guess I'm going to cut your throat now. And oh. they're like, why are you doing this? Kind of looking at me. I'm like, yeah. sorry, bro. Anyway. Sorry. It's just staring at you while you're like, uh huh. Cause they're like hanging upside down by their feet so that when you cut their throats, <laughs> like they bleed out. And then it's like, you know, it sucks. Like you watch these little turkeys grow up. You're like holding them and their babies and stuff. And then. Is a baby turkey cute? Very. Very cute. And they're like, they're not like chickens where they're like afraid of people. They're like super social and they're like little puppies. They like follow you around. They want to be picked up and snuggled. Did you kill them all? All of them. Oh, that's good. Because otherwise they tell, yeah. they tell the new ones. 100%. Yeah. It. Yeah. Don't be It nice was a real shitty day of culling. Like, oh. not a great time. Yeah. But everybody, every human got to eat delicious turkey that was loved. 
fuck yeah. That's yeah. Good Raised too. With love. Raised yeah. with love. And I mean, that's what the farm life is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's introduce our turkey killing friend here. Yeah. The murderer. Yeah. <laughs> There's murder finally. Yeah, finally. Sarah loves murder. If for all of you true crime fans out there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. So yeah. is Sarah. We'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Wild. Hello. Um, Hi, Luke. Hello, Hi. Luke. Hi. All roads lead back to Anami at this point. That's Don't kind they of all. the theme no. of all of our shows so, so far. So far. So Luke was one of my former bosses. And then Carly and Luke just met. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Carly. Sure did. Yeah. Sure did. <laughs> but I'm already very interested yeah. with these stories. <laughs> Murder and intrigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turkeys and goats. And yeah. makes beautiful wine on the side. Yeah. Um, would you please... Sorry, just in case, because I think I was still messing with mine when you told us what um, you've poured for us. Yeah. Um, this is my 2020 Chimera sparkling wine. Um, it is 50% Pinot Gris from Dion Vineyard, located in the Shehama Mountains. 25% Riesling from Gilly Rose Vineyard, located in Elkton, AVA. And then 25% Cider from the Oregon Cider Hood River. Wow. Dang. All barrel fermented. Just a little bit of sulfur added. No fining, no filtration. So Abbey Road Farms is a co-op. Yeah, so I am the associate winemaker for Abbey Road Farm. Um, that's where we are. And I also own two of my own labels. One is called Statera, and that's an all Chardonnay label. And then Larry's is my like kind of play project. And that's it's no longer a project because I make more wine for Larry's than Statera <laughs> makes. So it's like, all right, well. Um, so yeah, I make about 900 cases for Larry's, make about 900 cases for Statera. So, you know, this is all kind of coming together into not being like a cottage little thing anymore. It's, it's my job. You're all grown up. I'm, you know, I'm a real boy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So proud. Yeah, thanks. Oh, um, Ma. What a sweet yeah. story this is. Yeah. Lar- Laris. Yeah. Li- yes? Yeah. Means? Um, so the, most of the wines that I make have Latin names because those names are often not copyrighted or they're easy to get copyrights to because like everything else is taken. Um, like you just try to name a wine Petrichor. So anyway, uh, Larry's, yeah, first, well, it was for me and then we couldn't do it. Um, so Larry's is this like classification of Roman gods that were like these little clay figurines that lived in people's houses. And they were supposed to be like these sort of like good luck spirits for your home, your hearth and your harvest. And I was like, oh, that's. Dang. Both alliteration and cute because it has harvest in that sort Everything of Everything that I love. Yeah. <laughs> alliteration and cute. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I like that a lot. Awesome. And that is the label that this this wine is. Yeah, here. so this will be Chimera. You're looking at a Shiner bottle. That's a bottle with no label on it for the uninitiated. And um, it is a brand new skew for me. I made cider this summer because I was super bored with it being a pandemic and I couldn't go to festivals or travel and sales trips and so you just make cider it's like so I was like fuck it I'm gonna make cider I also made like strawberry pet nat this summer which is really cool delicious I don't know what um, I don't even make toast I don't yeah. did you say pet nat <laughs> yeah pet nat pet nat is a type of sparkling wine it's like pet nat is a sort of like a colloquial name for it it's petillon naturel is the actual name for it it's the first type of sparkling wine that was ever made it's like sparkling wine that people initially made sort of accidentally 
So you bottle a wine that's still fermenting, still has some unfermented sugars, and it finishes its ferment and bottle, thereby capturing all of the native CO2 that would comes off of the fermentation. Wow. Um, this kind of sparkling wine here is more like a Charmant style, so it's like forced carbonated. Um, I did it that way for a number of reasons, but um, primarily it was uh, like necessity because the like sugars in apple juice are quite strange. So Chimera is is like 25% cider and the, the chemistries in cider is really strange. So it's kind of like difficult to get it really dialed in. Interesting. I just love the, those are his projects. I, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I made 200 cases of it. I made a lot of this. Right now. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So it's only 10% alcohol. My like kind of goal when I'm making wines like this is like, can I feasibly like smash this in one sitting on a beach? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I can. Like I absolutely can. Luke, so. I feel like we could hang. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is exactly the question I ask. Yeah. Can I smash this in one sitting? <laughs> yeah. Can I alone smash a bottle? Yes. <laughs> yes, I can, actually. Yes, I can. Yeah. Yes, At 10%, sure. Happily. And everybody, you are welcome for yeah. it. Y'all can watch. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. And yeah. it's named after? Oh, well, it's called Chimera because, like, Chimera is like a mythical monster with three different heads. Ooh. And mm -hmm. this is kind of, I actually had a dream about making this one. And I was like, I, you know what? I'm going to make that one. And so I did. Um, but yeah, it's this like mythical creature with three heads. And I also do all of my own label artwork. And I do it based off of this artist named Gustav Dore, who did these like really cool prints in the like mid to late 1800s. And so I take that work and I re-illustrate it. And then I like, like heavily alter these things. So most of this stuff is from like, um, Dante's Inferno or like Milton's Paradise Lost. He illustrated the Bible. He did like an early printing of Don Quixote. So I really cool. love taking these like cool old etching like, like things. And I essentially, my goal is to try to turn them into something that looks kind of like, like if you were at like Spencer's and you're like those like velvet metal posters. I really want it to look like that, where it's like, where it's just like badass, like really kind of twisted and fucked up. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my goal. I like it. Yeah. So yeah, it's all kind of evolved more and more. So at this co-op, there are currently, um, Abbey Road Farm is the main one. And then, um, and that's, I'm the associate winemaker of Abbey Road Farm. And also we have a reserve label called Wilkins. And so that label is here as well. So Dan and Sandy Wilkins are the owners of Abbey Road Farm. They're awesome, great people to work for. Um, then there's James Ron Wines. He is um, the director of winemaking here. And then Statera Cellars, Larry's, uh, Est is one. And then there's two or three smaller kind of ones now. There's Stead. Uh, winemaker or wine growers, uh, human sellers is a new one for this year, and also Fruit Day Inc. is the new one that's here this year. Wow, and yeah. those are all people around here? Are they yeah, all so they're people that just like share the space with us and they like basically kind of rent it out, you know. So we charge cool. like a price per ton for them to make their wines, and then they get to use all the equipment, they get to kind of like lean on us for advice for stuff, and if it's it's like, I don't know, it kind of works out. And then their wines get to be sold in the tasting room if they've got enough of it. They get to be included in the wine club releases. So that sort of like all boats rise mentality definitely applies here. Um, I met James, my boss, 
here or at uh, the Southeast Wine Collective in Portland, um, where I was the assistant winemaker there for three years prior to coming here. Okay. Um, and he was making his wines at that place as kind of a regular client, just like we have clients here that come and rent the space. So he and I met there and, and that kind of, I don't know, we hit it off. We're really good friends. Um, he has his label, James Ron Wines. Um, so yeah, collective space just seems to be kind of my jam. I like it. Yeah. So when they come, when, when somebody comes tasting here, Mm-hmm. They are tasting from like the all four that you guys or all they the taste from everybody that's got wine out right now. That's so fun. Yeah, it's really nice. So when you're trying a flight and our flights change like every month. So when you're trying a flight here, it's usually going to include like at least one wine from each of the per- of each of the people that's making wine here. Wow. Yeah, unless they've got like really small quantities. And mm-hmm. in that case, then, you know, we'll try to rotate them in maybe a couple times a year it's like if they don't have enough to be included in the wine club, then Maybe we'll sell time. it. Yeah. We'll, yeah, I mean, we definitely sell it, so it works out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> this place is like a lot of fun to hang out during the summer anyway because it's like super nice and we inc- definitely encourage picnics. There's tons of space too, so you can just like buy a bottle and walk anywhere on the property you want to go. Um, wow. We'll give you a Govino if you're going to like, walk away from the tasting room, so it's great. I mean, I... It still definitely freedom. feels kind of, yeah, lots of freedom. Wow. Our clientele tends to be like, not like super young, but it tends to be like either young families, like people bring their kids and they like go for a walk with a bottle and look at all the animals or they just are like, I don't know, hanging out for like a friend's get together and they just, I, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch and it's not just like. It's like it's pretty rare to go into our tasting room and, and find more than one Pinot Noir on a flight because that's just like not what we're about. Like we definitely make Pinot, but that's not our focus. Like our vineyard here is going to be a total of 44 acres and of that 44, only 11 of it's Pinot Noir. And the rest of it is split up between just like a shitload of different varieties of grapes. Some are going to be planted in the Willamette Valley pretty much for the first time. And it's, it's great to kind of see that sort of focus. I've never been a Pinot-focused winemaker. It's not what I want to do. It's not really my interest. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Well, it sounds like you're a project <laughs> well. man. So, yeah, yeah maybe not Pinot, uh, but you have a whole label that's dedicated to Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That makes me happy. That oh, yeah, because Chardonnay is great. Chardonnay. Yeah, who doesn't? Nobody that I want to know anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no friend of mine. No friend of mine, uh-uh. <laughs> Straight to enemy. And That's I remember, right. <laughs> uh, I remember you as a um, giant Riesling fan. Still the case? Still the case. Yeah, very much so. I want to make more and more Riesling. Mm-hmm. It's becoming harder and harder to find. There's a lot of successful Riesling producers out there, and they're just kind of like buying it all up. Same thing goes for Chardonnay. So as a... As for Larry's, I'm looking to find more Riesling sites. Like I just kind of got, um, I just signed like a contract to Long Lease a Vineyard located in Elkton. And with that comes like half an acre of Riesling, which I'm excited about. So I'll always have like two to four tons of Riesling coming out of there. I'm looking for more all the time just because I want to wanna make it more and more of my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I say yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Also love Riesling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super nice. Super friendly people here. Beautiful spot and yeah. so unique. I mean, we can go in so many different directions in the Willamette Valley, but we haven't been to a place quite like this before. No. I don't know if we'll find another place like this. It's pretty rare. Disneyland? 
It does feel Disney. like that. It has this <laughs> kind of, like, in a very, like, authentic pet. kind of way. Sure. Like, in a very, like, you're going to go out and walk around and look at actual farm animals that have real jobs. Like, our chickens, all of those eggs go to the bed and breakfast that's here on They're site. They're not for show. They're not for show. They're working. Um, the pigs, mm -hmm. you know, for as long as they're going to be alive, like yeah. they're Jeez. they're here to to like sire more babies and yeah. <laughs> and, and make more bacon and make more bacon. <laughs> they're yeah, not, they're the, just sleeping down there. I hate to tell yeah. you, they're not really sire. Lazy little shits. Yeah. yeah, they were getting cozy. I think both of the ladies are, next to the post. are with child right now. Oh, so. oh breaking news. Yeah, breaking, breaking news. news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rumor mill has it. Baby pigs. Yeah. Um, and goats. and The goats don't do anything. They're all retired. Oh, okay. Well, I wish they would be more Lazy. active. Yeah, they were just eating. I tried to get their attention. They did not want anything to do with Oh, me. no. They're like, it's cold yeah. and you don't have any food. So, yeah. bye. Yeah. That was very evident. That's what it was. Um, mini donkeys? We have mini donks. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> we did They're also retired. They used to, like, I'm sure we could hook them up to a little cart, but it would be a very slow ride. Like, What did I see? Were we looking at this where um, you're at a place, you hook up a cart to either mini donkeys or these very cute dogs, and they bring this stuff that wasn't with you mm -mm, that sounds did sad. i dream it i am pretty sure this was real but you hook this up a little cart dream <laughs> sounds like a travel show on netflix a or something tiny heart. Like... <laughs> that sounds really sad no the dogs looked happy to do it and oh, they, they looked happy uh -huh. so maybe the donkeys want to bring like wine or picnics with yeah. the people why don't you ask them? <laughs> oh, it was a Christmas tree farm. That's what it was. Duh. Oh, it's yeah. December. That's really cute, actually. If a dog <laughs> is like hauling really your tree up. <laughs> Poor dog. No, that's adorable. <laughs> I'm into it. it was, okay, so the mini donkeys don't have a job, but they're here. Yeah, I mean, their job is to, they're like sort of. Be mini. Uh, like brand ambassadors. Let's call them that, yeah. It seems like this alpaca is your brand ambassador. Very yeah, much so. Yeah, who's this alpaca? So we do have a flock of retired sheep as well. They do get sheared, and that wool goes into products offsite and whatnot. Uh, but then we have an alpaca named Snowball, and we have a llama named Dolly. And because like these are appropriate names, I love that. Llama <laughs> Dolly is a perfect name for llama. Yes, it really is. Um, but yeah, the I don't know for one reason or another. That alpaca is just like a very photogenic alpaca. It's got sass. Very ornery. Yeah. I'll give it that. It's on. It's like framed artwork everywhere, and then it has its own label. Yeah. So that alpaca is the label for our sparkling Pinot Gris here at the farm. So you make this demi-sec sparkling Pinot Gris. It's really delicious, um, and it's like generally what we welcome guests here with when they show up in the tasting room. We're like, here, have some bubbles. Yeah. That's not a bad way to be greeted. Yeah. We have an awesome bed and breakfast here as well that's in these old grain silos um, that were converted. They're just beautiful rooms. And our chef that lives here on site, his name is Will Preach. He used to be the head chef at Holdfast. So when you stay here, you get to do this like five to seven course breakfast in the morning. It's oh, oh my sick. Gosh. It's like crazy good. I don't even like breakfast, and that sounds wonderful. It's like not even... 
like what you're thinking of. It's not like you're at like a continental breakfast in a hotel. <laughs> oh, this you know, isn't a like, Motel 6? Yeah. <laughs> if only. <laughs> I'll have that crispy bacon that's yeah. been out for two hey, years. Hey, omelet lady, add some <laughs> extra. <laughs> he's a very good chef. Not like, not like just pancakes yeah. and whatnot. No, he was going to is... throw out a name. <laughs> Yeah. Not, not like so and so. Not like so and so at this restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? I just Let's like get into that. Holy roast someone like that would be great. Yeah. You can be as sauce as you want. Like, yeah, for real. Go for it. Okay. Yeah, not like that Jeremy, the sandwich artist at the Newburgh Subway, you know? <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Jeremy. Yeah, fuck you in particular, Jeremy. Hey, if your manager's listening to this. <laughs> I asked for extra pickles. Yeah. I got three. I specifically said I wanted meatballs and tuna on the same sub, and Jeremy looked at me cross-eyed. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's really gross. Good for Jeremy on yeah, that Yeah, good for Jeremy. You're really, a sicko. Yeah. I'd help you out. And you, sir, are a psycho. Yeah. I can't physically do that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I love the idea of having a chef just here in oh, general <laughs> but one that lives here with his wife and underground no <laughs> yeah they're they're hobbits yeah, hobbits. yeah. no they there's we like just a at white rose so we know the hobbit house so oh, God, i'm that on that place a is just so sexy trick. i love it white rose is so dope their it their tasting cool. room is like one of the sexiest places in the whole lama valley yes they I said cozy it. but uh, i think they'll appreciate anyway. sexy oh yeah and that espresso machine, like, let's talk about that espresso that machine. That is money to have an espresso machine. Yeah. Yes. It's like, uh, yeah. I'm like, I have to like, <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really Getting like going. Getting hot and bothered. White, White Rose <laughs> is just about one of the coolest tasting experiences in the valley. Um, yeah. It, I think it's just a great spot. Um, Would you like more of the Chimera? You're welcome to um, it. Yeah, actually. Yeah? Why don't you help yourself? Or Thank I can pour so for you. That oh. way you don't have to touch. <laughs> Thank you. Sarah? Well, we have a... Sarah B. It's story time, right? We need, yes. you, we need you to tell us how you ended up in wine. Thank you, sir. How I ended up in wine, mm -hmm. like professionally, or how I ended up drinking wine? Like, um, why Like why did I lean... No. What kind of story are you Let's looking go for? Well, I guess I don't care, but eventually we'll need to hear the professional story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I suppose my interest in wine, like the sort of provenance of all of this happened at a frat party. I was there, yep. saw some frat boys doing keg stands over this way, mm, and I see right. a bunch of girls standing around a table with wine bottles over this way, and I was like, the choice is evident. You know? <laughs> wine. He sidles up. Hello, <laughs> ladies. Hello, ladies. And there was a bottle of, like. Don't I know you from yeah. yoga class? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me being a freshman, <laughs> I was like, good day, seniors. Like, tip my fedora sort of thing at that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hello, yeah. 90s. Cocksure Wait, and, yeah. Wait, what? 90s? <laughs> no. No. When was a fedora around? No, no, no. I it thought you back. meant my, my college years. Oh, and no. I was like, no. No. <laughs> rude, no. No. It's I feel like 90s rude. was very fedora. It's not that rude. Like clueless. No. 
Sorry, Sarah. Not that rude. She's like, everybody shut the fuck up right now. Bunch of, <laughs> bunch of assholes up here. Yeah. All right. But there was a bottle of wine over there. What and it was state Bogle, are we in? Sorry. It was Bogle Petit Syrah. This is in uh, Los Angeles, California, state mm, of its I've own. I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, LA. <laughs> yeah, LA. I was in Los Angeles. What state were we in? Los Angeles. Yeah. What up, LA? Yeah, what up, LA? Um, I miss you deeply. Um, but yeah, it was like Bogle Petit Syrah. And I was like, what is Petit Syrah? And so anyway, I went home and I don't even think like Google was really a thing then. So I searched it on my like... Yahoo. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. it was Yahoo. I'm pretty sure I was like, I Yahooed it. Man, yeah. I'm glad that that's not a thing, you know? Um, and I searched it and I was like, started reading about Petit Syrah and I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. Uh, and then I started kind of like seeking out more wine after that. And it was really that event where I was like, if I don't know about Petit Syrah, I was like, there's got to be tons of stuff I don't know about. It's not all just like Cab Sav. Turns out it isn't all about Cab Sav. It sure nope. isn't. Wow. Shocker. Yep. Yeah. The world is a big, big place. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it all started there. I, like, very purposely kind of got a job instead of, like, working in an admin office or something like that for work study. I was like, I'm going to work for the catering department. Because I went to a Catholic school and they're, like, all the priests love to drink. And no yep. surprise there. Nope. And I was like, by working in the catering department, I'm going to get to try all the fucking good wines that they're opening up. And so I kind of like, well, yeah, I don't know if it's smart, but utilitarian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was kind of like my entry into getting to drink better wines that I couldn't afford on my own. Brilliant. And yeah, I thought it was like a good solution. That's why I work at a winery. Yeah, right? I think that's why most people end up working at a tasting room, right? Because you're like, yes. I am thirsty. How do I procure said goods without having to pay for them at full price? Yeah. yeah. I enjoy the hobby of drinking alcohol. Yeah. I like to do it for free. Yeah. Half of the reason I became a winemaker is just so I could have my own wholesale account and buy wines at wholesale at other places. And there like, it is. This yeah. is a long con, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is the longest con. And you know what? It's like all on the level. The federal government knows this. FBI agent approval. Yeah, no. We I, have a lot of FBI fans out there. Oh, so I'm sure. Careful. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Lots uh, of listeners yeah. from the FBI. <laughs> Lots. Plenty. <laughs> plenty. We have dozens of them. Dozens, yeah. if not tens and tens. <laughs> um, so I did that kind of all through college, the sort of like catering gig dealy thing. And I like ended up working. Um, I went to school for TV and or for not for TV, but for theater. And so I have a theater degree. I have no official education in winemaking. Um, and I went into live TV production right out of college. But I am... Um, uh, as you do in L.A. As you do in L.A., yeah. I mean, it seemed like a good fit at the time. Seems like the thing. I had a pretty good time, but it was this, like, sort of, like, very, very, like, long hours, heavy, like, heavy, just, like, workload, crazy schedule. And I just felt, like, myself getting more and more and more burnt out. And then when the recession happened in, like, 2008, 2009... I was like wrapping up like pretty much kind of like the coolest sort of show I could have done for TV at the time. And are you allowed so, to tell us what it was? Yeah. So I was doing live TV production. And at the like beginning of 2009, I did Barack Obama's inauguration, like his first one. And that was like kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's pretty legit. It was a lot of fun. I did really cool stuff. That's like I did the Super cool. Bowl halftime show and the Emmy Awards and. I like did some big stuff, but I didn't ever really care about the Emmy Awards. Like I never watched them before. 
I was like, <laughs> right. and the winner That's is fair. Grey's Anatomy. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, you know, I've literally it's, never uh, seen an episode still of it. You're like, oh, I know it still is. On. I found that out the other day. I was like, yeah. are yeah. you kidding me? This Joker's watching I'm it. I'm rewatching it right now. Well, it's COVID. I mean, I'm you the, gotta like, you got tons of time in the pockets of what to binge. Yeah, same here. I'm literally like, should I watch West Wing again? And I'm like, I, that's the answer also is, the answer yes. is definitely yes. That one before it yes. gets taken off. I'm it's like, about to be taken I'm mowing one, through no. Star Trek Next Gen right now. Like, that's <laughs> yes. a big deal. Like, if you all haven't watched Next Gen in some time, do yourselves a solid. Add it in. in. Yeah, go for a ride. Uh, but I ended up. Uh, working at a Whole Foods in a wine department as soon as I like got laid off and I was unemployed for like nine months from TV and I was like I am poor I need a <laughs> in job in LA in LA so I was like working at this Whole Foods in Venice Beach in the wine department and I had like continued drinking wine throughout all of my TV career and I like had plenty of money to spend on wine so it was like fun and I started writing a wine blog with my girlfriend and a couple friends actually towards the end of my TV career and uh, and she was the one who was like, hey, you've been unemployed for eight or nine months. Man, I want to get a job. And why don't you go into something <laughs> with wine? Because you really like that. And you kind of hated your job in TV. So that's how I ended up at Whole Foods. And I was there for like 10 months. And I was like, I think I should go work a harvest somewhere and kind of learn how this thing is done. And yeah, it just kind of worked out from there. So I did a harvest in New Zealand and in Oregon. That was in 2011. I did both of those. And then I went to Western Australia and to the Faults and to Mosul in 2012. And then I moved here at the end of 2012 and started at Anime like not long after that. That's that fall. Wow. Or not that fall. 2013. The spring of 2013 is when I started. Right? You were there. I was there. It all runs together. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to Anime. Got to Anami, fresh, fresh off the boat from Germany, working oh. two harvests there. Uh, I got to Anami to uh, be the like events coordinator. The hospitality coordinator was my yes. title there. What, a, oh, what yes. a joyous title that was for me. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was there for two and a half happy years. It's kind of funny because I was like at... And me, I was always like talking about it. I was like, yeah, I've got this little label I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited. And I think the first wines were just coming out when I was kind of like had one foot out the door yeah, kind of yeah, deal. I... So for some of our listeners, they are understanding the terms in the wine industry. And you have said unfiltered a few times. Can you talk to that a yeah. little bit and kind of school us? Yeah, for sure. So the best way that I think I can describe it is like, you know how like you go and get like a bottle of Mott's apple juice at the grocery store? Like we all know what Mott's apple juice is, right? And it's got that sort of like amber color to it. You like know it right away. You're like, that is apple juice. And it has this like kind of perfectly clear, like you can see through it, mm -hmm. um, like thing about it. And then the difference is like right around this time of year, they're like, you'll see those stands and they're like, they have the like apple cider jugs and whatnot. And it's like cloudy as fuck, right? Mm -hmm. Therein lies the kind of difference. The Mott stuff is heavily filtered and that other stuff is not. Like the cloudy stuff is not filtered. And so like filtration is literally just like passing a liquid through some type of, some type of filtration system. It can look like, it can look like Brillo pads that just have like, a really tight weave structure on them. So they're literally like five micron. Like that means like only very, very tiny stuff can get through it. 
um, and that catches like most big stuff. Um, or it can look like um, it can look like other types of membrane type filters where it's just going to like pull heavy sediments out and solids. Um, that's essentially what filtration is. It's the same thing as like a Brita at, at your house. If okay. you're like trying to take out chlorine from your water, it's like that, but not as serious. Um, so for wine, a lot of people filter their wine in the Willamette Valley. It's not super uncommon to not filter your stuff. It just takes time. So like for Chardonnay, for instance, um, you, if you want to have like a clear ish, not, I don't mean clear. I mean like translucent, um, not opaque Chardonnay, you have to like filter it or not filter it. It just takes time. Like, so for us, all of our Chardonnays are unfiltered, but they're in barrel for like 16 months. That's a very long time. Gravity is a hell of a drug, you know, and like it is pulling out any solids in the wine over that 16 months down to the bottom of the barrel. And that's where, where they live. Um, and that's generally like lees. So like the spent kind of yeast holes and whatnot that are left behind, um, all of that adds to the like flavor and texture of the wine quite a lot too. So we like to leave them in there. Um, so yeah, we don't filter wine because I found that like filtering wine tends to be like, it kind of like strips the wine in my mind. Some people are going to be like argumentative about that and be like, Luke, that's not true. I'm like, all right, bro. You do you. <laughs> You're um, doing you. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing me. You do you. Yep. Like you want to strip your wine? That's up to you. <laughs> yeah. Strip away. I'm not here to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the filtration thing is like kind of comes down to this sort of broader ethos that we're trying to fit into, which is like, uh, if you can have, like, don't fuck with it, like leave your wine alone and just let it become the thing that it wants to become and on its own. And you're going to be happy with that. So yeah, that's kind of how we end up there. So fining is another thing I say that's like literally adding something to the wine to make it less cloudy. So a lot of people add bentonite, which is like a type of really fine clay. And they'll add that to the wine because it'll bind to like longer chain proteins and whatnot. And that'll like, again, gravity, it's a hell of a drug. It'll like all fall out. Major yeah. science. This is a lot of bio right now. Mm -hmm. Major. I like it. Yeah. Um, again, this is like literally me all just parroting things that I've like been told about this because like I like am not a scientist. Hey, we're not yeah. the experts, so. Great. Yeah. Tell us whatever you want we to tell no us. We have no idea yeah. what you're cool. saying is true. Yeah. <laughs> It's fascinating. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I won't more. check Anything. you tonight, yes. I promise. Um, <laughs> but I don't mind bottling cloudy wines. Like this sparkling wine that we're drinking is cloudy, right? Like I think that mm -hmm. like cloudy wine in my mind is compelling and interesting. And it's like, it's like that for a reason. So let's get to the bottom of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm pretty excited to make wines just as they are and not like add extra stuff to it to make it happen. I've added acid to wines a couple times. So like the Tempranillo that's sitting on the table right here, it had a pH of like 3.78, which is like a terrible pH for like the long kind of, you know, aging of a wine. Right. Might've been even heavier than that. 3.88. That's right. So almost four, like that is a fucking terrible amount of acid for what you want in a wine. And so I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to add wine to, or sulfur or sorry, acid to this. And that was the first time I'd ever done it. But we're really transparent with the wines that we make for Statera and Larry's. Like, I list all of my ingredients on my wines. So it's like, it usually just says, like, Aligote grapes and sulfites. Like on the like, label? On the label. Wow. 
I literally like if I add anything to it, I put it on the ingredients because the calories on there. I want to be transparent. <laughs> the calories. No calories. There's no calories in wine. There's no yeah. calories. It's all good. It's good for yeah. you. Fruit it's salad. good for you. Dr. Luke says. <laughs> Dr. Luke says. I'm describing yeah. you Adderall yeah. and a glass of wine. Adderall yeah. and bubbles. Go to sleep. And... Forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would not put you to sleep. No. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. Oh, no. Only if it kills you. That's all. Yeah, I mean... You brought that to a very dark place. Wow. I hope you're happy with yourself. Okay. Okay, so anyway, did you tell us the... Um, can we hear the story of Abbey Road Farms? Did we uh, hear that? Yeah, I mean, what about it? We know it? the owner? We know the owner. We know, so it used to be... Um, this This has been here for some time, Abbey Road Farm. It was already like a functioning bed and breakfast before Dan and Sandy bought it. And then they just kind of looked at it and they're like, this place has like a lot of potential. If we just kind of turn some things into brand new spaces and whatnot. So like where we're sitting now was it kind of an extension of what used to be an indoor like horse arena. So actually that wall right there, um, it, everything this way direction, I think was added on to create space for the winery and whatnot. And, um, Beyond that, the horse arena where you all walk through, like literally was just an indoor horse arena. So um, it was just kind of like a proper working farm. I mean, they had goats for milking. The, they would house horses here and do events and whatnot. Um, and I think that they, Dan and Sandy were like, I think we could level this place up for you know, 2019, 2020. And so it took a couple years to do all the work lay all the plumbing and electrical that has to go in to like really make this thing kind of come together. Make it a real building. Yeah, and they did it. I mean, they did a really great job. It's I think this beautiful. place is gorgeous. It's like, it feels very like kind of natural. Like it feels like it. they didn't try to make it this like steel and glass and modern kind of thing. They tried to keep it to its roots. Like try to keep this place still be a farm. They're like, we want it to be a functioning farm. Totally. It's farmhouse chic. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. With all the reclaimed wood, all from the actual. All, yeah. So they tore the last, they tore the indoor horse arena down board by board. They made like a giant stack of all the usable stuff, including the sheet metal and whatnot, the corrugated metal. And then they like, they basically kept the building as it was, like the shape of it. And then they just added some stuff to it. So they didn't really do much to it. Like literally some of the horse stalls are still here. And it's like where now if you're like getting married here, like the bridal suite where you get together like and get ready with like your friends, that used to be like a horse stall. And there's like the original like rolling doors and stuff is like still around. That's so very cool. It's pretty cool. cool, yeah. Yeah. Just now it's like got an eighty thousand dollar sound system and it's got like all the stuff that you need to make this place a fun place to have a party and to come hang out and be safe and ADA compliant because those are all very important things for where we're at. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so very someday, cool. <laughs> there'll be some really cool events out here again. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we are still, like, we're constantly kind of pivoting and doing stuff just to kind of try to keep up with what restrictions we're facing. And um, we're still, we've still had quite a few events here this summer. We're just trying to do it safer and farther apart and... Uh, lots of table wiping, you know, to make sure yeah. that everything is safe and healthy. Yep. And well, you definitely have the space to spread out too, so that's helpful. Yeah, we've got 83 acres here to play with, so 
and a lot of it is a lot of it's usable space. I mean, we have tons of little pockets and areas where we can put people here on the farm, and it's it just feels so good seeing this spot like alive and thriving when it's like a busy weekend and you see people here with their dogs and their kids are running around looking at the ducks and the goats and it just very feels cute. like a very like kind of holistic experience. You're coming here for a wine tasting and you kind of end up staying just because you're like, why would we leave right now? Like yeah. we're going to, where else are we going to go? So yeah, Dan and Sandy really thought about it and they, they just did a good job of like capturing that spirit and making it happen in their design. That's Pretty awesome. cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So cool. And they're like the loveliest people to work for. We encourage people just to come and like, we don't, you don't need to come here and do a flight. Like just come and buy a bottle and hang out. Like we sell wines by the glass. We sell wines by the bottle. We're like, we don't care if you do a flight. Yeah. Like just come and hang out. Hang. But if you do, it's cool because you get the different wines, but you also get the different winemakers and styles. Yeah, so. for sure. I mean, it's like always rotating. It changes. I think it's once a month we change what the lineup is. That's very How cool. How much is a flight? I want to say the flight's 18 bucks, and because it's COVID times right now, like that $18 includes a Govino glass that you take with you. And if you bring your glass back, then your flight's only 15 bucks. Oh, very cool. And it's cool. like six wines for $15. Cool. That's like really cool. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> not, not bad. So. Good times. Yeah. So they can bring a picnic, but then you also have food here. We do, yeah. So our chef, Will, is making really good stuff. He collected, so everything here is organic. Our, um, our, all of our vineyards are organic and because of that all of our landscaping is also farmed organically because we don't want any like runoff to go into the vineyard. Yeah. Um, so Will uh, like harvested a bunch of the lavender and the rosemary and he planted thyme so he made like his own herbs de Provence and so he has these like herbs de Provence like coated like toasted hazelnuts which are crazy good so it's like oh, really really yeah. good. Um, and then he also is making like this like Aleppo kind of popcorn, which is really good. Ooh, and then that's fun. he has this like kind of all locally made like cheeses and meat charcuterie boards sort of things that he's doing. I'm trying to think. He's got a couple other things that he's popping off right now, too, that are just delicious. Um, he's got a lot going on in the kitchen. Yeah, he's Ew. the sweetest man. He's the um, best. Everything sounds delicious. So as we drove forever. up then, we saw that a bunch of those vines are new. Everything's new. We planted everything last year. Okay. There's a little bit that got planted this year. Like we, we had some extra like, like varieties that weren't in yet. Like we're planting Godello and Menthea and those weren't in last year when we planted. So we planted some of those this spring, but everything got planted last year and we're waiting on some like vines right now that are not yet even in the country. So... Like Pulsard is the next one that we're really shooting for. Ooh, yeah. breaking news. Yeah. New to the country. Very new. That's very cool. Yeah. That is cool. So then you'll have, what'd you say, 40-some acres planted? Yeah, 40-some acres planted. Next harvest, so 2021, is when we're going to get the first lot of fruit off the vineyard. And it's going to be like, we're going to largely make just bubbles and rosé out of it for that first vintage. And then after that, it's kind of off to the races. So 2022 wow. is, I think, our first year where we're going to get like, variety specific wines coming out of here do you like a little bit more sure. there's a fruit fly in there that's all yours oh thank you it's like the worm in a tequila bottle yeah perfect you see what i mean though you can have a couple glasses of this and it's like it's too easy. like too easy yeah yeah too easy. you could smash a whole bottle 
And we did. Doctor's orders. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta do it. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. This should be coming out, like, hopefully for New Year's. Perfect. 2020 bubbles. So this is my Voyage to the Moon Tempranillo. It is from Vidon Vineyard in the Shehala Mountains. Um, and I made so this, right? Like, I'm super into this wine. Um, it is... I made this using the submerged cap technique that I discovered while visiting Hayu up in the gorge one day. Have you all ever heard of Hayu before? No. Um, look it up. It's pretty out there. Okay. Pretty wild spot. But anyway, I was up there one day just kind of like poking around, having a chat. And I was like, what is that? And he was like, oh, we're doing the submerged cap technique uh, for Sangiovese. And essentially it works like this. Take your regular like macro 48 fermenter, basically looks like a giant Rubbermaid tub. Most people make wine in these things in the valley. Um, but it's basically like a big 48 by 48 by 48 inch tall uh, plastic tub that is all food grade and you make wine in them. That's how most people make wine. Jungle and, juice. Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Hella so I put all juice. my Tempranillo grapes in there and then you, I put like three layers of six millimeter plastic on top of that and I press it all down against it so that the plastic comes like from the fruit layer up and over the sides and I fill that with water. Hmm. And so like the water, like the plastic creates a barrier in between the grapes and the water, but that water holds all the grapes down and then the, the wine essentially entirely ferments underneath that water cap. And I never lift it off, I just leave it on there until the wine is dry. And in doing so, it like makes uh, the wine ferment with a lot less oxygen. Um, and it's not carbonic because oxygen, like there's some sort of inclusion there, okay. but it makes for this like softer tannic extraction. So like this is a 2019 Tempranillo and generally Tempranillo takes a few years to come around. There's still plenty of tannin in this wine, but in doing this way, this method, it made the tannins like a lot more velvety in a faster timeline than they would have been if I just did like a traditional fermentation. Yeah, the finish on this is velvet. That's what I'm getting off of it. That's true. But it's a 2019. Yeah. It's and a young Tempranillo, right? That's amazing. 2019 and it's drinking like this. Yeah, and it's like a pretty big wine. It's like 14 and a half percent alcohol or something like that for 19, which is a pretty cool year. Yeah. Um, we have not tasted a Tempranillo on the podcast. Oh yeah. No. Do you mm -hmm. want to? talk a little bit about the varietal maybe yeah I always find that like a lot of Tempranillo has this like the best kind of note that I have for it is like baseball glove like it's got this like kind of like sweet kind of leathery thing and it's not just leather it's like the way that like a baseball glove is like used and worn and it's like mm. the grass and the turf and it's like the all of those things and it's like your sweat it's like this very kind of like visceral used piece of leathery thing that you're using and if you're like it smells like baseball glove but it's also kind of like meaty and savory and then uh from this part of the world you know being like kind of on the same sort of like latitude as burgundy i find that it tends to be like very blue fruited uh, and i say blue fruited like the way that like blueberries or like bluish plums mm -hmm. taste you know um it just has its own kind of thing like if you want a really big red wine but you don't want something that's going to be like as aggressive as cab sav like tempranillo is almost always a really good lean to it just has its merits in so many ways it ages forever if you want it to and 
I just jumped at the opportunity to make a big red wine from the Willamette Valley. Yeah. I just thought like this. You is don't a, see it very often. You don't see it very often, and you don't. You definitely don't see it in a clear bottle. Like, no, that I've, is true. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I switched over. Everything. I mean, I'm looking at it, and I I'm know, like, there's something about it. The, yeah, yeah. Like the picture. What's wrong with this? So picture? I switched like over something in your brain in is... last year, 19, to making all of my wines in clearer glass, and I did it as a very like stylistic choice. Like, I just kind of want. It's it's all about transparency. Like, I want you to be able to fully see what you're getting. I see what you did there. And yeah, wow. <laughs> see proof and concept. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I also thought that it made like my label artwork pop quite a lot more because like a lot about yeah. my wines, I think, is like comes down to the labels. Like they yes. they really do stand out, and they're they're like that for a reason. See what I mean now about the like metal posters, like absolutely kind of like after yeah. that. Yeah, yes. Absolutely, yeah. And you they're want awesome. these to pop. They these labels should pop. Yeah, they should. I I really like have just as much fun designing the labels as I do making the wine. Like I think when I'm really getting into the kind of meat and potatoes of it. Like those were the first two labels that I designed and I did very little to them. And then as I was getting into it more and more, I just started being like, oh, I really should just kind of run with this and do like crazy shit on these things and see what happens. And thus far it's been, I don't know, people like them. Yeah, I mean, we'll post pictures on our Instagram yeah. of these labels. Um, it's so fun. You, I mean, yeah, they're, you look at it and you think one thing and then you're like, wait, what's you that? You have to look at it. I mean, it's art. It, it really it's is. It's like, and not <laughs> like nice art. Like it's like kind of disturbing. Well, <laughs> like, it's rock yeah, and it's roll. Like, yeah, it's That's very rock what and it roll. Is. <laughs> yeah. It's rock and roll on a wine label. And you don't, you definitely don't see that very often. So it's very fun. We'll post it on the Crushing It podcast. I think that the demographic of people who buy my wines is like, generally folk that are like of our sort of generation and they I don't know I think the because I have this sort of like kind of out there label artwork that goes with like fairly decent wines that and they're all priced they're all priced like not they're none of these are expensive a hundred percent of my wines are all priced the same so like they're all wholesale I won't sell wholesale. You don't. Get that. Yeah. <laughs> don't say that. Yeah. Don't say that. But the, like the suggested retail price for 100% of my wines is $26. Oh, so, that's like, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. like, because I got Super to this point where I was like, yeah, I don't want to make wines for my friends that they can't afford to buy. Because mm -hmm. then it's like, what's the fucking point of doing mm -hmm. this? I just like it doesn't fit with my sort of sense of values. Like yeah. I'm not that kind of person who's like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna make a hundred dollar bottle of Pinot. Like, that's just not, that's just not what I am. Like, I'm a, I want to be like a, the every man's kind of winemaker, you know, where it's You're like. You're salt of the earth. That's all I want. <laughs> winemaker. Yeah. all I want. And the. Cool um, guy. The like. Yeah. Queer salt of the earth sort of. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The only time that we've been here was for a wedding, but mm. now we have a billion other reasons to come up here. So. Yeah, yeah please excited. do. And if you ever want to come and taste. Or just like come hang out, holler at me, and if you want to taste your barrels or you want to just like bring your family out, do it. Do it to it. Thank you so much for sitting down with us and sharing your wine and your stories. My pleasure. This has been super fun. So yeah, good time. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so I don't good think to I've see you again. Much in a while. Yeah, likewise. Really, it's been years, so it's it great. Thanks for years. the thanks for reaching out. That's another good thing about this is it's like forcing me to reconnect with people because I'm not necessarily good at that. 
Yeah. No, this has been really great. So awesome. Thank you and Thank you. cheers to you and hopefully good things to come. Cheers, y'all. Yeah. yeah, 2021. <laughs> cheers, cheers. <Yeah. laughs> All right. That's episode five, Carly. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was laughing. Laughing again, just listening to it. Were you LOLing? Say no. Uh, no. I don't LOL when around you. I LOL all the other parts of my life, but never around you. Sarah hates it when you type LOL. Fun fact about Sarah. So she has uh, forbidden me to ever type it to her. <laughs> ah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I usually am LOLing and you claim that people that say LOL aren't actually laughing out loud, but I usually am. That's so not do fair. It. <laughs> um, I yeah. am often, often laughing out loud, but I choose to just do it. Yeah, you do. Well, okay. I hope I hope uh, all the crushers were laughing and um, got some good info from our guest Luke at Abbey Road Farm. Um, he definitely helped me understand the idea of filtering versus not filtering your wine. So kind of a fun little um, new piece of info for our listeners. Yeah, and our first episode of 2021. So as of, what month is it? Yep, first episode, it's January. <laughs> yep, sure is. <laughs> January 2021, the information that Luke gave us about tasting is still accurate. So you pay 18 bucks, you get to taste six wines from multiple producers since it is a co-op and you get to take a Govino glass with you. Um, if you don't have Govino glasses, start collecting them. They're perfect for uh, patios, hot tubs, camping, pools, drive-ins. What else? <laughs> uh, yep. Walking to the next place outside, but be careful. Open containers. <laughs> yeah. Depends on where you are. <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't listen to my ideas. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> I do want to apologize to Luke. I kept saying Abbey Road Farms and he kept <laughs> saying Abbey <laughs> Road Farm. It is just yeah. one farm. It's Abbey it Road is farm. one big farm. But yeah, it is just one farm, Sarah. Stop making up plural. And their Instagram is a lot of fun because of all the animals. And since we've visited, they got a puppy. I know. They literally got that puppy like the next day. But <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I think they did it just to spite you. I think so. They knew that I'd be obsessed and I'd never leave. So they weren't <laughs> wrong. That's true. So check them out at Abbey Road Farm. Do us a favor on whatever platform you're listening to. If you could um, subscribe or rate or review for whatever reason, these things are helpful. Yeah, we appreciate it. We love to be loved. So thanks for doing that. Totally. This is just our little side project. So we appreciate you coming along with us. Um, we are going on our next episode to Abbott Claim. And if you haven't heard of it, it's because there's no sign for it. So it's <laughs> top no secret sign. and yeah. you're going to want to go. So listen to the next episode because it's going to rock your socks. And we'll give you the secret GPS coordinates to get there. <laughs> it's going to be a treasure hunt. <laughs> Just kidding. But um, um, hey, Sarah, how can people contact us via email? 
Our email address is crushingitwv at gmail.com. We appreciate those corrections. We appreciate suggestions. We appreciate stories. We appreciate hearing from you. So crushingitwv at gmail.com. Perfect. <laughs> it sounds like I need a cocktail. Let's get out of here. Let's do it. All right. Bye. Oh, cheers.